SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, a happy hour here on the morning after on a Friday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM. Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens. A very happy hour indeed. Sweet 16 action on this Friday evening. Four games up in the men's tourney, four more as well as the women get back into the fold in the round of 16 in the big dance as well. The madness was fantastic last night. Two number one seeds going down on the same day in the Sweet 16 for the first time in 27 tournaments. Houston is the best five seed in the country. And the Duke Blue Devils continue their march on through the madness. And the retirement tour has not come to a close yet. The best thing about it all, we get to do it again tonight in the Sweet 16. And we have a great matchup out of one of the four. All four are going to be fantastic. But one maybe stands a little bit above the rest. At least from the historical perspective of college hoops the bluest of all the blue blood battles between ucla and north carolina a very short number tonight for the bruins and the tar heels just two points in favor of ucla with an over under currently that stands at 141 and a half the line has actually now worked back to two and a half in favor of ucla it was two and a half for most of the week came down to two last night and into this morning now back to two and a half with the tar heels at plus 112 on the money line Again, earlier in the show, in our first hour, I broke down the total for this game because the over-under has stood out to me as soon as it opened. UCLA, from a tempo perspective, the 88th slowest team in the country, according to Ken Palm, but the 12th most efficient offense. They want to slow the game down, but even when they do, they can score the basketball. UNC is the complete opposite. The 31st fastest tempo in all of college basketball with the 20th most efficient offense unc is averaging 90 plus points per game so far in this ncaa tournament north carolina has gone over of course then in both of their games so far in the tourney and both booked with a much higher total than this one at 141 and a half ucla over against st mary's but that was a total at 126 under against akron in a slugfest of a game but that was a total at 128 although ucla has gone over in six of their last eight however this is the highest total for the bruins in a game not against arizona since the end of january around january 20th in a matchup against the utah utes those totals are always booked lower for the bruins because of that game flow and style of play for mick cronin it's at 141 and a half and given how short the spread is here of only two two and a half points now in favor of ucla there's an expectation this game stays close and if this game stays close north carolina can push the pace north carolina can keep the scoring matching that with ucla and i actually think unc has some defensive deficiencies that the bruins can take advantage of offensively which leads me to believe an over is in play tonight of this 141 and a half ucla as a favorite this year 17 12 and 1 against the number north carolina as an underdog just 
four and five against the spread, but also four and five straight up. So every game they have covered as a dog, they have also won outright. UNC is playing its best basketball at the right time. They have won 14 of their last 17 games, and they have covered in six of their last seven. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here in this West Coast wake-up portion of our show on the morning after in this third and final very happy hour Sirius XM channel 159 all of our terrestrial radio affiliates as well I am Ben Stevens the madness is continuing to deliver at all times throughout the tourney the sweet 16 last night the sweet 16 tonight both in men's and women's action and what a game we have between UCLA and North Carolina just a two and a half point spread let's paint a picture now for UCLA as it pertains to the rest of the big dance because the East region has been very up in the air ever since Baylor and Kentucky did not survive the opening weekend the one and two seeds gone from this portion of the bracket UCLA is the four seed Purdue is the three seed the Boilermakers a 13 point favorite against the Cinderella story in St. Peter's the 15 seed in that bottom portion of the bracket that's why you see UCLA at plus 220 to reach the final four Purdue is the favorite at minus 135. Purdue would be booked then as a favorite against the Bruins in a potential East Regional Elite Eight matchup. But UCLA has a very good path to get to a second straight Final Four under Mick Cronin. And that's why that number is at plus 220. That price you saw for a national championship at 15 to 1 was yesterday. It's been updated this morning after the 2-1 seeds in Gonzaga and Arizona got booted last night in the Sweet 16. UCLA now plus... 950 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the national championship. These odds are going to continue to move throughout the day after we have the results of Kansas and Purdue. Purdue against St. Peter's. Kansas, a seven-point favorite now against Providence. Houston is the favorite to win a national championship at plus 360. Duke only 40 cents behind on the retirement tour at plus 400. Kansas at plus 410. So that is the path for UCLA into the final four we see those odds in the east region right now very good odds relatively for UCLA and I think you could even make the argument if you want to back the Bruins tonight laying two and a half might as well take that plus 220 as well because the money line price against Purdue will not be that juicy come the east regional final in the elite eight on Sunday afternoon or evening the madness is here to stay and we love cinderella's to jersey city we go for benny and the best up next on the grid sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com We love the Cinderella story in the NCAA tournament. The narratives we all remember each and every year when one shining moment plays in March Madness comes to a close. We take a deep dive into the Cinderella who lives out in New Jersey right here, right now, on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, joined now by our executive producer here in the mornings on the Spiz Grizz. It is Alex Fasano. Alex and I on Tuesday afternoon hopped on a path train over across the Hudson River and into Jersey City to visit the campus of St. Peter's University because, Alex, that's the one place we had to be this week. 
Oh, absolutely, Ben. You know, uh, as my former alma mater, Iona College, I love to see the Mac get a little recognition. Yeah. You know, we love those mid-majors. Unfortunately, it's not the Gales. But, hey, we love to see the Peacocks thriving here. Shout out to the Mac. Still runs through New Rochelle, though. But, hey, we love to see uh, the Peacocks getting excited. Man, that campus was electric when we were there on Tuesday. Shit. Listen, Shaheen Holloway, Doug Eddard should take some of that NIL money, send at least a fruit basket to Rick Pitino and the Gales there in New Rochelle because had they not been upset by Ryder in the MAC tournament, we probably don't have St. Peter's on this run in the big dance. So, yeah, you're right. It still runs through New Rochelle, but this year it was just St. Peter's taking advantage of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tim Plus would never. No, I'm sorry, Rick Pitino. You're a great coach. Shout out to the Iona Gales. But this is uh, all about St. Peter's, Ben. We are all about the Peacock Nation. Shout out to the Peacocks. I mean, Pete the Peacock, he was electric. I mean, you guys are going to really love this episode. I know I did. I know Ben did. I know our El Jefe, Greg Sussman, did. So everybody, just take a nice, deep breath. We're still in the March of Madness. We're still in the thick of it. So everybody, enjoy this special episode of Benny and the Bets. Cinderella lives in Jersey City. We are here on the campus of St. Peter's University to ask about the run through the madness ahead of the Sweet 16 matchup for the Peacocks against Purdue. Friday night, Sweet 16. What do you expect the atmosphere to be like on campus? Uh, it's going to be crazy. Crazy. It's going to be a party. I know it's about to be crazy. I know the boys got it in the bag. Oh, it's going to be electric. Oh, it's definitely going to be exciting. On campus, everybody is ecstatic oh it's gonna be absolutely fired up everyone we're keeping the good times rolling you know what i'm saying oh it's gonna be lit uh watch party again unbelievable uh to beat kentucky a number two team in the country and then murray state and then going to the sweet 16 just unreal a lot of cheering for sure um i'm expecting a w um uh, the stadium's gonna be rocking like there's a game st peter's runs new jersey st peter's runs it all right can we keep the good run going Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I mean, you saw the last game that we did. You think they can knock off the Purdue Boilermakers on Friday night? Of course. Yes. I mean, if you beat Kentucky, anything's possible. So we just got to keep the same energy against Kentucky. Purdue is a bunch of chicken nuggets on a, on a chicken farm. If you think that we can't keep it up, then you're out of your damn mind. How far do you think St. Peter's can go? I think they can go far. They showed all the way. If we can beat Kentucky, beat Murray State, uh, we're going all the way. How confident are you? Very confident. Scale one to 10. I got us to win the national championship as the first 15 seed ever in NCAA history to win it and the first mid-major team to do it. I swear to God, after this run, the Peacock is the new bird in New Jersey. All right? That's a mic. We are joined by Pete the Peacock, the mascot for St. Peter's University. Pete, what is your real name, if you can reveal that? Yes, Emilio Ortiz. Now, how exciting has this been for you, the big dance run for St. Peter's? Man, this has been a tremendous experience. Like, just being able to support your team and rep your school, Best experience ever possible. Scale one to 10, how would you rank Doug Eddard's mustache? 10. I'll give it a 10, he can't shave it. 11. I'll probably say like a 13. One to 10, I mean, if it's better than mine, then it's gotta be a 30. 1,000, 3 million. 100, 100, we love it, we love it. It's a solid mustache, like a, like a seven, eight, nine. Like, I, I, is, it a, is it a 10? 10 isn't enough, that's a 1,000. Um, You know the mustache? Absolute 10, he got it. Doug, we were asking some of the students around campus what they would rank your mustache on a scale of 1 to 10. What do you rank your own mustache? Uh, 10. Out of 10? 
Actually, 11. Yeah. <laughs> mustache looks good, Doug. Don't shave no, it. Please, please don't. Please don't. Please. Doug, do not shave the stash. Yes, it's a signature. March Madness is also known as the big dance. You are the mascot, Pete the Peacock. Can we see your best dance moves? Yeah, so like this this Pete's special move, so I kind of go like and then I go with them with, you know, with the hips. And like. Whoa. <laughs> Now, your best peacock impersonation. Caca, I think. <laughs> I don't even know what they say. Caca, <laughs> Now, your best chant to fire up the crowd. Friday night, intensity, sweet 16. Give me your best chant. Go peacocks! Let's go peacocks. Go St. Peter. Let's go cocks, woo! Let's go peacocks. Let's go peacocks. <laughs> let's go peacocks, let's go! We are SPU. We are SPU. Cause you know, P can't talk. I'm getting into it. I'm getting into it. SPU, 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 we got this! St. Peter's plus 12 and a half, book it. <laughs> ben, Ben, I got two highlights from that episode one has to be yeah. the kids saying produce a bunch of chicken nuggets a bunch of chicken birds we got it's all about the peacocks and then i mean pete the peacock just just going ham you know because he can't talk but yeah. that was that was amazing I, I love that episode st peter's got some electric kids on that campus oh man it was truly the best day out there in jersey city we show up there's a press conference going on with shaheen holloway and the rest of the team we see that set up we go walk around campus you can feel the electricity that man you saw there in the orange jacket he was an alumnus back on campus just to be a part of it all that is how much this cinderella run means to the good folks that are letting the peacock fly they're bringing a big contingent down for the east region tonight in philadelphia alex we got wrapped up in the excitement and enthusiasm and as we mentioned earlier that exclusive mustache interview that you saw there with <laughs> Doug Edder the man who is taking over the nation might have been the final push that Doug needed to convince Buffalo Wild Wings to give him that big NIL deal so Doug if you need to share a little bit of that coin you know where to find us yeah we love some wings over here at the Spiz Grizz um, but Ben I mean you're his best friend now do you think you could get me in contact with him I don't know should I should I start modeling mine after him I mean I do need to trim this a little bit I don't know should I should I pull off the Doug in, in honor of tonight's game? You're going to call it the Doug. I mean, that's what he brings. Drew Timmy, the other mustachioed man, now out of the NCAA tournament. We can say with clear conviction, Doug Eddard, the best stash in all of the big dance. But Fasano, have you seen the line move now? St. Peter's getting 13, not 12 and a half, 13 points against the Boilers tonight. Yeah, you know, we're seeing some line movement, but exactly, we, we're going to mention that in our producer plays because that's what really people yeah. love about this segment. It's not Benny and the Bets. It's not St. Peter's. It's the producer picks from down here in the pit. Let's start with John Shames, our guy. Uh, he's actually working with Joe the Statman on this one. This is Jordan Poole, over 23.5 points for the Warriors. I mean, they're slumping a little bit, but Jordan Poole's play has been pretty electric for this team uh, during the Steph Curry missing days. So I guess, you know, Jordan could probably hit this over in a bounce-back game for the Warriors. Certainly so. Jordan Poole, a highlight of Michigan's run to the national championship game in 2018, building on that madness. Steph was in attendance last night at the West Regional site for the Sweet 16, cheering on Duke, which was weird. But yeah, I can feel that going <laughs> a little bit for sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I'm going with 
you know, this is the theme of the episode. It's Benny and the Bet. So we're riding with the Peacocks. I got it yeah. at 12 and a half. Obviously, Ben, you said it's moving uh, now at 13 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So I'm going to still ride with the Peacocks. I mean, I don't know if they can take down Purdue, but I think they, uh, you know, Purdue probably doesn't cover this large number. Uh, you know, those Boilermaker chicken nuggets over there. Uh, and lastly, we got to get the Jesse Metz Gar graphics guy. UCLA minus two. He's taking the Bruins. I like it. UCLA, they made it all the way to the Final Four last year. So I think we got a great board here from the producer plays. Of course, on the Friday of the Sweet 16, it needs to be Joe slash John that goes with an NBA pick, while Jesse, our fantastic <laughs> graphics producer, goes with an astute NCAA tournament play, as do you, Alex Fasano, letting the peacock fly. 13-point underdogs now for the 15 seed out of the East region. Also, some tourney talk from a Sweet 16 perspective for the big dance on the women's side next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sweet 16 action all around on this Friday. We break it down here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, now joined by Maria Marino. She wears many hats for SNY, a host, anchor, and UConn women's basketball reporter as well. On the sideline throughout the year, now covering the Huskies in the NCAA tournament. UConn back in action in the Sweet 16 tomorrow. Sweet 16 games on the women's side today as well. So, Maria, thank you for joining us to help us break down the madness in the month of March on the women's side as well. Absolutely, Ben. Thanks for having me. So as we look at the national championship odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, UConn, the second best price as the two seed in that Bridgeport region. But the favorite with a very short number is South Carolina at plus 125. Maria, why is South Carolina such a staunch favorite to win the national championship? I just think they've been the best and most consistent team all year. They were ranked number one in the nation, literally wire to wire throughout the season. But interestingly enough, I don't think they're playing their best basketball right now. They still have this really strong defense that's been on display throughout the tournament so far, but their offense has looked a little bit stagnant. So I think those odds are a little bit more reflective of the overall narrative throughout the season and not necessarily of the moment. Um, I certainly like UConn to to win, but I actually think that Stanford right now looks like the strongest team. That's just based on the first two rounds. Stanford is incredibly deep. Um, they have the experience. I mean, they were the champions last year. So I don't know. They, they are looking really good right now. But South Carolina, um, they have a, a national player of the year candidate in Aaliyah Boston, who's been just a double-double machine and just the queen of consistency. But I think it was all, uh, it was a, a, a big shock that they didn't actually win their conference tournament. They lost the SEC tournament um, to Kentucky, who then ended up, yeah. they've had a roller coaster season. They ended up being upset um, already. So it, it's been, it's been a little wild. 
And we have seen madness in the opening weekend of the <laughs> yes, NCAA tournament on the women's side as well. South Carolina, unsurprisingly, minus 280, a very strong price to reach the final four. Stanford, the one seed in the Spokane region, also in minus money. But take a look at UConn, the two seed again in the Bridgeport region, the only non-number one seed in minus money to reach the final four. So, Maria, what is the path like for the Huskies to get to the final four in the tourney? Well, they got to start with beating Indiana and um, Indiana only won their last round matchup um, over a hot Princeton team by a point. Um, they have a lot of experience on their team, but I think UConn has a really nice balance of experience and just talent in general. They're deeper than they've been in several years. And, you know, it's no surprise that people expect UConn to make it to the final four. They've made it to 13 straight final fours, you know, knock on wood for, for UConn fans. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they obviously, they have the pedigree, they have the coaching. And like I said, you know, last year when they lost in the final four, they had, of course, the national player of the year in Paige Beckers, but she was only a freshman. They didn't have any right. seniors on that team. So this is a team that has, like I said, that nice combination of, of both experience, talent, and depth. And Paige Beckers missed a good portion of this year with a knee injury. Maybe why UConn is a two seed, but still in minus money to reach the final four. So what has impressed you most, Maria, about Paige Beckers returning to the lineup for Connecticut? And where do you think she can lead this team now into the madness? Well, it's, it's certainly been a challenge. I mean, she had a severe injury, like you mentioned, December 5th, and she didn't actually return to the court until I think it was February 25th by the time she recovered and had rehab post-surgery. So it's been a slow build. Like her first few games, she only played like around 10 minutes or so. Um, even in the Big East tournament, she wasn't seeing a ton of minutes. Now here in the NCAA tournament, she's played the most that she's played since the injury. So about 25 minutes or so in the first round and over 30 um, in the second round. Didn't score a ton in the second round, but that game, um, they, they narrowly beat uh, UCF. And it was just an odd game. It was one of those games where it's like you're against the top defense in the country. It was extremely just physical and scrappy. The officiating was questionable at best. So I don't know if that's indicative of um, what the UConn output is going to look like moving forward. But Paige, um, I've seen progress each and every game. She's not quite herself yet. And she was phenomenal last year. And she's still good now. Um, every so often I see these flashes. Um, she has a, a really great ability to just score at will and make it look easy. And I'm seeing that here and there. I want to see it a little bit more consistency and, and with a little a little bit more consistently, excuse me, and with a bit more frequency. So um, I don't think we have seen her at her best or even close. What I'm curious about is when UConn needs her the most, is she going to be able to step up? I believe that she can. I think she is going to emerge when her team needs her because she has that clutch gene about her we saw it all last season and um so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing that i think there's going to be a moment here in this tournament where maybe we see her emerge maria marino from sny joining us here on the morning after she covers uconn women's hoops she will cover them in the bridgeport region in their sweet 16 matchup tomorrow against Indiana that game tips around 2 p.m. Eastern time and right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook Maria UConn an eight and a half point favorite heavily favored against the Hoosiers out of the Big Ten how do you approach this matchup between the Hoosiers and the Huskies 
I mean, I think I think Connecticut can beat them by nine or ten points. Um, you know, like I said, this last game that Connecticut played against UCF, which they only won by five, and it was their lowest scoring output of the season. But like I said, I think that was a bit of an anomaly. Um, I don't think you're going to see that again. Now, Indiana in the prior round, they only played like a six-player rotation. Um, and I think that was because of the nature of that game and how close it was. But UConn can play like basically a nine-player rotation, which is not something that they've done a lot in the past. But this year, um, there's been so many players. I think when Paige Beckers was injured, and not only that, they had a few other injuries, um, COVID illness and things throughout the season that really forced a lot of missed time. In fact, only two players that get regular playing time um, basically didn't miss a game all the season. So in that time, you had other players that were able to step up and build confidence, get playing time. Caroline Ducharme is a great example. She led the team in scoring when Paige Beckers was out, and she hardly played in the last game. So it just goes to show you that they have options, they have weapons, and I don't know that Indiana is going to be able to keep up with that. Now, again, last game, kind of an anomaly. A couple of the Huskies got in foul trouble. So that's the one thing that you that you have to watch. But if UConn is able to play their full rotation and full court press, like, pretty much the entire game, it's going to wear down Indiana. A gritty win for UConn over UCF. A five-point victory, 52-47 in the round of 32 to get to the Sweet 16. And Maria, there's this notion around the women's tournament that it goes chalk, that there's not really the upsets or the Cinderella stories that we see on the men's side. Creighton and South Dakota are here to tell you that's not true whatsoever. The Blue Jays, a 10 seed, on to the Sweet 16. South Dakota, a 10 seed as well. On to the Sweet 16. Creighton upset Iowa, the two seed with Caitlin Clark, who's my vote to be the national player of the year. And now they go from Iowa to Iowa State. Can Creighton keep the good times running here in the month of madness? Real quick, I'm so glad you brought that up because in the first round, we saw six double-digit seeds on the women's side uh, commit the upset compared to seven on the men's side. And in the next round, we saw, you know, two move on, the two that you mentioned, we saw four move on for the men's side. So um, the idea of, you know, less madness on the women's side, it's it's slowly but steadily um, becoming a fallacy. So I, I appreciate that. And honestly, that Creighton-Iowa game was unbelievable. I was glued to awesome. my television. I don't think anyone, I think if, if you were a betting, you know, person, if you realize, because I didn't even realize at the time that Lauren Jensen was a transfer from Iowa, so it was essentially a revenge game for her. She she hits the go-ahead three to propel them over, uh, you know, Caitlin Clark and Iowa. It was absolutely unbelievable. And you know what? I think Creighton can keep it going. I'm not um, as familiar with South Dakota. And who would they got? They got Michigan. I like right. Michigan because Nas Hillman is a senior and she is absolutely unstoppable. She looked flawless in the last round. So I would be shocked if uh, Michigan doesn't take care of business against South Dakota. But I do think that the, the Creighton matchup is a good one. I think we're in store for a close game. And I actually do think they have the potential to keep it going. They play very similar styles. So um, that's going to be one to watch. 
The atmosphere in Iowa City last week for that matchup between the Hawkeyes and the Blue Jays was ridiculous. And now Creighton getting five and a half points against Iowa State, a number to pay attention to. A bigger spread for a game up this evening as well, Maria, with that top seed in South Carolina. A nine and a half point favorite against their team or their uh, rival from the other Carolina in North Carolina. South Carolina, obviously the favorite to win the national championship. Only about a couple of seconds left here in this segment. What can we expect from the Gamecocks tonight? Well, I just want to see, like I said before, you know, should they um, or could their offense be the offense that we saw earlier in this season? I want to see their offense just not be stagnant. I think defensively they'll be fine, and I think they'll come away with the win, perhaps fairly comfortably. But but as far as winning the whole thing, making it to the Final Four – I want to see what their offense is going to look like and if they're able to be productive. Again, the favorites to win the title is South Carolina at plus 125. Maria Marino, excuse me, from SNY, covering UConn on the women's hoop side of things and an anchor and reporter doing everything for SNY, joining us here on the morning after. Maria, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot, Ben. Enjoy. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It is a madness-filled day for the Sweet 16 on this Friday, and I am Ben Stevens. Joining us now from San Francisco, California, at the site of the West Regional Final, it is Mike DeCourcy, a sporting news college hoops columnist, a studio analyst for the Big Ten Network, and a bracketologist for Fox Sports. Pretty much a guy that knows everything there is to know about college basketball, especially as the big dance continues. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here on The Morning After. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Not as well as you probably at the West region and getting to take in the retirement tour last night of Coach K, continuing on with a big win over Texas Tech for his Duke Blue Devils. And Mike, what stood out to me is Duke's ability to close out another basketball game. They did not miss a single shot in the final eight minutes and 55 seconds. What was your big takeaway from Duke's five-point victory last night? Well, I was really impressed with how... Once again, Jeremy Roach stepped forward under pressure. Roach is a player who has struggled at times this year with the responsibility of running the Blue Devils offense, benched twice from January on, and then restored as a starter for the beginning of this tournament. And it, it's worked out well beyond what Mike Krzyzewski might have imagined when he put Roach back in. I think he was just looking for a steadier approach in, in generating their offense, in, in, in introducing their offense. And instead, he's gotten a player who down the stretch has been a game changer, made the biggest three-pointer in their win over Michigan State, and then last night scored three baskets in the final five minutes, all of them on drives, and was just really a game changer, not something that they had anticipated at all when Roach became a starter again. Mike, that first game in the West region last night in the Sweet 16, the number one seed in that portion of the bracket, the number one overall seed in the tournament in Gonzaga, getting upset by Arkansas as a 10-point 
favorite. The narrative around the Zags have been that elusive run to a national championship. They have reached Final Fours. They have been to national championship games, but never cut down the nets as the national title winner. They were the favorites to do so this year. So what do you think is holding Gonzaga back from winning that first national championship in program history? Well, this year they just weren't good enough. Uh, and and they that, that's where it begins. I mean, uh, they certainly could have uh, uh, maybe the champion when we get to Monday night in a couple of weeks won't be, quote, good enough. Uh, but I, I thought that in, against Arkansas, they faced a team with extraordinary quickness and allowed Arkansas to dictate the game. I know that Gonzaga wants to play fast, but there was a time very not 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 deep into that game. I'd say midway first half, something like that when it was pretty apparent that the game was at exactly the pace Arkansas wanted it to be because it was moving fast and teams weren't scoring and that, and that it couldn't have been better for Arkansas. Arkansas wanted that sort of game and Gonzaga gave it to them. Gonzaga should have slowed the pace down and worked to Timmy inside and worked off of that. They continued to play quickly while Arkansas was being extraordinarily disruptive in transition. They, the, the, the open shots that Gonzaga got, it doesn't help that you're open if you're worried that the defense is somewhere, if they're coming. If, if you have one eye on the basket and one eye over your shoulder, you're not going to make that shot. And that's a big reason why Gonzaga shot so deep. The Zags just shot 37.5% from the floor last night, their second worst shooting performance of the entire season. Credit to the must bus and that relentless pressure from Arkansas. So from the Sweet 16 last night to the Sweet 16 on this Friday, Mike, and we start with the Cinderella story. The number 15 seed in St. Peter's taking on Purdue. The Boilermakers, a 13-point favorite. The odds expect it, Mike, but do you think that Purdue is just a little bit too much for St. Peter's to handle tonight? I think they are. With with the physicality they have at the post, uh, with the elite creative ability of JV, but a lot of this will come down to how well they handle zone defense. They didn't see it a lot in the Big Ten Conference. Very few teams play it. If, it. if they do, it's for a rare possession here or there. So how does Purdue handle it? If, if Sasha Stefanovic starts to make shots, then that zone is in trouble. But what if he continues to be cold? Then what do they do? I think all that plays into whether Purdue is able to play effectively to overwhelm St. Peter's. If Stefanovic makes two or three threes in the first half, I think it's going to be a comfortable night for the Boilers, but he hasn't done that in a while. A lot of this is on him. He played effectively enough to stay in the game against Texas as they closed it out, free throw shooting defense. Those elements kept him in the game, but they need him to make shots for them to be the best they can be. I think that's a great point, a great X factor to watch tonight for Purdue, a 13-point favorite against St. Peter's, the Peacocks, the second-best cover team in all of college basketball. That's the first game in Philly tonight. The second game in the East region is a battle between two of the most historic programs in all of college hoops, North Carolina and UCLA. And right now, Mike, the Bruins just a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite against unc a short spread so what do you expect the difference to be tonight between north carolina and ucla well first ben now that i see it i'm wearing the sweater that's actually kind of both of their colors so i don't feel bad i'm not favoring one or the other uh i I think that the key for ucla is to stop rj davis's penetration and on those occasions when he does get downhill 
to not panic and 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 pinch too hard and leave Brady Manic open. That's exactly what Carolina wants. It worked beautifully against Baylor last weekend. It worked beautifully against Duke two weekends before that. They have to contain that penetration as well as possible and not panic and leave Manic open. If they do, Manic has a big day and they go home. The other aspect of this, and one of the reasons why I'm not, not a betting person, but if I were, I wouldn't touch this game because I just don't, I, it, when, when there's a player as pivotal as Jaime Hawk is, whom you can't be 100% sure that he's going to be himself, I just don't feel good about embracing that. Uh, I, I feel, Hawkes is not just another guy. He's a heart and soul guy. He's probably the one who has to guard Manic. I, I, that, that's what scare me away from this particular game because of his uncertainty. I think he'll play, but will he be Jaime or will he just be the guy wearing Jaime's uniform? And we all remember UCLA's run from the first four to the final four last year. Jaime Jaquez and Johnny Juzang, probably the two most important factors for Mick Cronin's crew of getting to the final four. So out of the East region this year, Purdue is the favorite right now to reach New Orleans and that final four site. Mike, do you think it will be the Boilermakers at the end of the day representing the East in the final four? Well, that was my original pick on my bracket, and it started to feel really good when I saw how it opened up. But when I had, when I lost two number one seats on Thursday night for my final four, <laughs> I didn't feel as well. Uh, I, it'll, it, it's hard to say for sure without knowing which of the two blue bloods they play in the Elite Eight if they do make it through St. Peter's. But I think they have the right ingredients to beat both of them. Uh, we, they've already beaten Purdue once this year, and I do think that there would be some difficulty matching up uh, at the center position because of uh, the ability of the size of Travion Williams and Zach Eady. I like UCLA's two centers. I like Purdue's more. And of course, the, the ability that Jaden Ivey has to change a game would be more empowered in that game playing against mostly man-to-man than it might be tonight playing against zone. So that's the East region now to the Midwest, a matchup of the 10 seed in that portion of the bracket in Miami against the 11 seed in Iowa State. The line is working steadily in the favor of the Canes. Now at three points is what that number is for Miami against the Cyclones tonight. So, Mike, what is the path to victory for Iowa State, who was a two-win team last year now in the Sweet 16 just the year following? Well, the, the good thing for Iowa State is that in order to be successful, they just have to be themselves. Gum up the opposition, try to make the game as slow and as ponderous as possible, try to make Miami have to make decisions on the move. That's okay for Charlie Moore, who is really gifted, under, has a great feel for the game, has a great understanding of the game. But when they're playing from the other positions, they can make mistakes. And so that's what Iowa State has to rely upon, that Tight defense, uh, not breaking down. It's hard not to do against Miami. It really is. They are so gifted at creating off the bounce, and they can make shots when they do that, when they, when they, when they kick it out off of plays like that. So Iowa State has to try to contain penetration as much as they can. If they can do that, they have a shot. But I like Miami to win this game. Miami only seven turnovers in total in their first two games so far here in the big dance. The other game in the Midwest region is the top seed in that portion of the bracket. Kansas against the luckiest team in college basketball in Providence. Kansas is a seven-point favorite, Mike, but are the Jayhawks on upset alert against the Friars this evening? 
if Kansas allows Providence to play in that game, if they if they encourage them, the longer it's a game, the more excited Providence will be. You have to hit them early. You have to do what Creighton did in the Big East tournament. You have to do what Marquette did earlier in the regular season. You have to hit them hard and early with everything you have. That means no hesitation. That means no, let's sort of set this up and work. No, you got to go fast and hard and hit them right in the face, metaphorically, please. Uh, if you <laughs> if you allow Providence to believe, they believe harder than anybody. That's their skill. That's the luck factor that people talk about. The luck factor is if they're in a game that, that's competitive, they know they can win it. They're not, they're not an elite offensive team and they're not an elite defensive team, but they are an elite team. They are, have a great togetherness. Kansas has the ability to do that with Christian Brown. If he plays at his best, Ochai Abaji, if really hard to get him openings, get him downhill, they can, they can make Providence go away early. I'm not saying that they're going to hit him for 30, a 30 point win like the other two did, but they can separate and that's what they have to do. In close games, Providence thrives 11 and two in games decided by five points or less this year. So the sweet 16 ends tonight, the elite eight this weekend, Mike out where you are in San Francisco, Duke in Arkansas, the blue devils now a four point favorite. So I ask you simply, does the retirement tour for Coach K make a stop in New Orleans at the Final Four? I think they're going to make it. I do. I like what, what Arkansas does. Uh, uh, J.D. Note is one of my favorite players of this season. Such a dynamic guard, can do so many things with the basketball. And, and Jalen Williams' toughness and his, his skill level handling the basketball are, are uncommon, certainly. Uh, but at the end, you're talking about a team that puts – four to five NBA first round picks on the floor and they're playing at a really high level right now, especially in closing time. Uh, they, they know they can handle a back and forth game. So I think this is set up well for them to advance, but Arkansas will not go down easily. They'll be well game plan. And the two players I mentioned, will, they will give it their best. Duke right now, the second best odds currently to win the national championship on FanDuel at plus 400. What a storybook ending that would be to send Coach K into retirement. Mike DeCourcy joining us here on a Friday on the morning after a Friday chock full of Sweet 16 action live from San Francisco for the West Regional Final tomorrow between Duke and Arkansas. Mike, thank you so much for the wealth of knowledge across the tourney today. Thanks, Ben. We round out the morning after here on a Friday looking ahead to the Sweet 16 on the men's side. A game we just broke down with Mike that has stood out to me all week long. Our bye-bye-bye best bet is up next here on TMA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A Friday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159 about to come to a close. I am Ben Stevens, but it's a sweet Friday. In fact, it's a sweet 16 Friday. Four games on the men's side, four games on the women's side. It is going to be a day chock full of the madness 
here in the month of March. Do not forget the credo, the four words that mean something more this time of year. The madness always delivers, and we can expect that on this Friday night as well. So before we say farewell for the week, before we say goodbye, of course, we need a Sweet 16 best bet. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. There's a lot I like on the board on this Friday evening. You could tempt me into an over of 141.5 for UCLA and UNC. I do believe the Peacocks can cover one final time. They have covered in 19 of their last 23. If you have props available, Noah Horkler for Providence over 7.5 rebounds. And the only thing that makes me slightly hesitant about my buy-buy-buy best bet is how simple it seems and how much the market has been moving in favor of Miami. The Hurricanes now a three-point favorite against Iowa State. All the credit in the world to T.J. Otzelberger and what he has done in his first year at the helm of the Cyclones men's basketball program, taking them from a two-win team last year now to the Sweet 16. But Iowa State has been the beneficiary of one of the easiest draws I have ever seen. And they're a great defense, fifth most efficient in the country, according to Ken Palm. They held Wisconsin to 49 points, LSU to 54 points. But LSU ranks 93rd in offensive efficiency in Wisconsin outside of the top 60 as well. Miami is the 18th most efficient offense in the country who is averaging more than 75 points per game in their last 12. I think Miami's offense wins the day led behind that trio of guards, Isaiah Wong, Cameron McGusty, and Charlie Moore as well. Miami covering as a three-point favorite, advancing to the Elite Eight in the Midwest region. This is the morning after on SportsGrid each and every weekday. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk to you on Monday.